Welcome back to Prime Time Kansas City on today's episode. All the boys are here. We're here. We got a full episode. I said that eventually we would get a full episode out this week, and we are here now to do that for you guys. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I've done, you know, a little bit of a brief breakdown of what I thought about the game. But let's go ahead and get Josh and John's perspective on the game and the season. Uh, guys, I know it's a couple days later now. It's kind of sinking in a little bit. Uh, what, what, what are you guys, how are you guys feeling? Well, from Sunday, I have a mark on my stomach and it's a big bruise. I don't know how I got it, but I got it after we celebrated. So that should tell you how excited I was. I mean, like I said last week, this was the Eagles Super Bowl to win. Like it was all, everything was pointing to the Eagles. And then for Patrick Mahomes to play like Patrick Mahomes and especially go off in the second half on a bum ankle just shows you how great he is. But I'm not going to get ahead of myself. This isn't a dynasty. I don't know why we're calling this a dynasty. Oh, my God. It's not. It It's like I if this isn't a dynasty, I have no clue what is. I don't understand what's not a dynasty. Three rules in five years is my dynasty requirements. So I guess we have to go back to back. Okay, but – we're talking about five straight hosted AFC championship games, three Super Bowl appearances, and two wins. That's a dynasty. I don't care what anyone says. Like I know we yeah, had a long discussion a about this the other day. To me, I don't I don't know what to tell you, Josh. There's not a single dynasty out there if this is if this is what we're putting the criteria at. This is something that is unprecedented. I think I, I, the Chiefs have been far and away the best team in the NFL for the past five years. They've I agree. Beat, and they've backed it up with multiple championship wins. I I think this is so clearly a dynasty. I don't I, – you've set the bar at just an innumerable height. Well, I think we can always go up. But, no, going back to the game, I think something that – I mean, that's been touched on because, I mean, it's Friday now. But the, something that's been touched on that needs to be touched on again – our fucking offensive line. Zero sacks allowed. Like, that says presidents, or that sets presidents, or whatever the term is, however you say it. But against a legendary Eagles D-line that people were calling, for us to allow zero sacks, that's something that no one expected. Like, if I told you that coming into the game, you would have said you're smoking dope. And I wasn't. <laughs> so, it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty cool to see. And hopefully we can just continue this into the next year. Yeah, um, this was not really how I imagined the Super Bowl to go. Uh, I said I thought it would be like an, a classic Super Bowl, which I absolutely think it was. Um, and people can deal with the fact that it came to the end because uh, James Bradbury had no other choice but to grab Juju Smith-Schuster's jersey. Um, yeah, this this was a hell of a game. And it's really kind of crazy that we've won two Super Bowls. And in both, there was a moment where I was like, Coming to terms with the idea that we were most likely going to lose. Um, just because of the severity of that injury with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I listened to the mic up mic'd up yesterday, um, and like the noises that he was making followed that injury. I think yeah. he was hurting as hurting as much as it looked like he was hurting, but what some way, somehow, he gets a little bit of treatment at halftime and comes out uh as good as we've seen him all postseason. He has just an unbelievable second half. Um and this is look. I think dynasties also have a little more like, um, a little more fine lines to them as well. Like 
You had the Chiefs down 24 to 14 at half with their quarterback injured, and they still found a way to come and beat you. Like this, this is just. I don't even really know how to feel about the Chiefs because it's just like never a thing that I imagined would happen. It's it's more than I ever would have asked for. Um, I I just simply cannot believe the Chiefs pulled this game out given the extenuating circumstances. Um, and hilariously enough, the thing that we spent the whole year talking about that was going to be the thing that would kill us was special teams. Um, and outside of a missed field goal that we never should have kicked in the first place, Special teams kind of won us this game. Um, Special teams won us the fucking postseason. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree. I mean, it, it gave us a big boost in both the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl. Um, and look, man, it is it is truly just unbelievable that the Chiefs did this. Coming up on an offseason where I think a lot of people will be expecting us to become a better team uh, year over year. We, um, I mean, I think this is what we kind of looked at this coming offseason as um, heading into this season is that there was going to be an opportunity to improve following this. Um, we have a secondary full of guys that we have on minimum wage contracts for the next three years. Um, it, it, I just, I don't know what to even do with myself. Like it's unbelievable. The, the chiefs have done something that just, I don't think anyone in Kansas city ever expected them to do. And they became a dynasty. Um, and yeah, I am overjoyed. And I think it, they're going to keep rolling with success in the future as well because I just don't see a reason for it to hold up. And we finally get that Mahomes is Rodgers or Mahomes is Wilson. He's only going to win one Super Bowl. Stupid monkey off our back. That will never be the case. Um, he is right up there with all the people that have won multiple Super Bowls. And I think there's more where that came from. What do you think is, I don't know how you would describe it, but I guess what do you think it would take for Mahomes to get like considered the greatest of all time here soon? Look, I don't know what to. I don't because really, I don't. I'm, I'll say this: I don't think anyone's ever going to match Tom Brady seven. No one ever will. Most likely not. But you want to know something about Tom Brady? Okay, so at the age of twenty-seven, Tom Brady had won three Super Bowls. All right, two, actually, uh, I I'm pretty sure it's three. I saw something today that said he had two at twenty-seven. Some okay. today that he, that said he had four at twenty seven. Right, well, he definitely uh, okay, didn't have well, four. I, I know. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> Regardless, whether it was two, whether it was three, whether it was four, it was the same <laughs> like same thing as Patrick Mahomes, right? And I want to say Patrick Mahomes is like touchdown to interception ratio is like thirty three to five in the postseason. You want to know what Tom Brady's was? It was eleven to four. <laughs> eleven, like. I, I don't know what to say. Patrick Mahomes with a Chiefs team that no one believed in. Everyone said we had a shit defense. We have a bunch of rookies playing corner. Uh, like, uh, no, really no, like, outstanding receivers besides Travis Kelsey, obviously. And Chiefs just rolled over everybody with their quarterback having a damaged ankle. Like, if you don't need evidence, I can, Tom Brady never would have done that shit. There is no I was universe. Say, that's what I want to bring up too. Think about if Mahomes was playing against the teams Brady played against to get his first three rings. There is no version of Tom Brady that would have been on this team and would have won the Super Bowls and the playoff games that Patrick Mahomes won. If we had prime Tom Brady for all five of these years, I'd be as bold to say we would have won zero Super Bowls. Mm. I mean, yeah, probably would have made an AFC championship or two. I won't deny that. But I, I have a hard time believing that this was going to work out. I mean, 
this this guy has just pulled us through time and time again. Two Super Bowls where he leaves it all out on the line. Really three. Um, and it's just it's honestly ridiculous that like people even want to put like you know I saw someone say uh, Mad Dog say Johnny Unitas was ahead of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> There's, there's only one quarterback you can argue for, and it's the guy with the crazy resume. But the way I look at it is Tom Brady is Bill Russell and Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan. And if you think Bill Russell is the GOAT, then you're a dumbass. Um, and it's he's still only 27. Like, we can, get, we can get three, four more. Like, you never know, man. And I, I just – and maybe we won't. You know, it's no guarantee. I think, I think another thing that needs to be pointed out is this year really shows how um, – unpredictable the NFL playoffs can be and just the NFL season in general. Mahomes, the two years that Mahomes didn't get injured once are the only two years he didn't make the Super Bowl. Like the three years that he had injuries at some point, that's the, those are the years that he made it. Um, so you look, it's just a really random thing. Oh, need Mahomes to get hurt. Yeah. When you have a guy, when you have a guy that is just going to do the things that he does, you, you never have to worry that you're not going to be right there. I mean, the one time he got blown out in the playoffs in his whole career, he got pressured 60% of the snaps. That will never happen again. Never. So I I just, I can't believe it. I truly can't. It, it blows my mind every time we see it. And as I said, you either join us or enjoy losing. Because if you hate the Chiefs, you are going to lose every damned week. Over and over. Yeah, I mean, I said this on the show on uh, the show that came out earlier this week. I felt like, as well as Patrick Mahomes played, I felt like if there was ever a time to give a coach Super Bowl MVP, Andy Reid should have won Super Bowl MVP this year. I agree with that. Because he did a great job. I mean, you have to look at the second half adjustment. Believable. You talk about the red zone, and that is the most. I, I mentioned this is the most congested area on the field, and. Two drives in a row, the Chiefs had a guy with a def- no defender even in the picture on third and goal. That's typically the hardest play to score on. Third and goal. And the second time, the second time they were in the wrong formation, and it was the same play. <laughs> like what? When does that ever happen? Yeah, yeah, that was ridiculous. I thought, I thought the, I don't think the Chiefs win that game without the prolonged halftime. I really don't. I really think having a longer halftime, not only for Mahomes' ankle, but just the offensive adjustments they made. They came out immediately on that first drive and just took it to Philadelphia. And and, and Kansas City didn't get stopped one time in that second half. They they literally would have scored a touchdown on every single possession if not for McKinnon smartly um, going to the ground and you know taking us to the end of the game. Um, just yeah, I think Andy Reid honestly deserved Super Bowl MVP. It was just a brilliant, brilliant uh, game. Um, and as bad as you know, as much as I hate Spags sometimes, I think Spags. I, I think Spags played the only defense the Chiefs could have played to win that game. He completely sold out on the run and just kind of said like, "We're going to give," you know, if Jalen Hurts and the, those receivers can beat us deep down the field, then we're going to lose. But he, he really, really sold out on the run because he knew if he didn't, it was going to be the Eagles were just going to dominate time of possession. The Chiefs were never going to see the ball. So he kind of had to. Um, 
and it wasn't a perfect game plan. It wasn't a perfect defensive game by any means. Uh, but I think that was the only defensive game plan that the Chiefs could have won with is they had to go all out to stop the run, and they did. Outside of J- If you take away Jalen Hurts running, which obviously was big, but if you take that away, the Eagles running game was non-existent. Sanders, Gainwell, and uh, Boston Scott were literally like non-existent. I don't think they averaged over three yards a carry, and they were just rolling over people all season. Yep, and that that was just really what it came down to for the Chiefs. I mean, you saw him get beat over the top quite a few times. Um, Nick Bolton had a great game. Honestly, taught me I apparently know nothing about football because during the game, whether it was just the emotions or what, I thought he was playing terrible and watched it back. What and the? I was like, oh, that was not the case. There um, was talk of Nick Bolton should be Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> yeah, well, it was mainly there was one play in the first half where we could have gotten a, a stop on third down and Nick Bolton got got by like one of the least impressive juke moves I've ever seen a run stopping linebacker get got by. And then I think I just went on a uh, nuclear mode on him. Um, but yeah, he played fantastic. Uh, that that really is where we have to give Brett Veach's flowers too, because and hey, don't forget, Kent Swanson thought he was going to be a big ass bust. Yep, he did, and we haven't missed on draft picks really at all. Like, I, I'm thinking of the last two drafts. I maybe like the only pick that was poor was Cornell Powell. In all of the picks that we had, um, we literally bolstered our offensive line with second and sixth, a second and a sixth round pick. Our our secondary is a fourth, first, fourth, and seventh round rookie or our defensive back core rather. It's just the the Chiefs have just somehow done something that I did not previously believe to be possible. I, I I can't I can't wrap my head around it. I can't stop thinking about it. It's crazy. Uh the, the thing you also have to think about is too is like there should be no fucking reason Brett Veach should ever be in like fear of losing his job. I know that's never gonna come up anytime soon, but I'm talking about for the foreseeable future, like I think if we can keep Brett Veach as long as he can and he can retire Kansas City Chief, I have no doubt that we'll be contending every year. Not like I should say contending every year, but I have no doubt that we won't be shit every year. I mean or we won't if, be he, shit. if he can keep doing these mid round things that he's been doing, yeah, then by all means, uh he can stay as long as he wants. Uh, also, when talking about just Brett Veach, I agree. I don't know why people are getting mad on us uh, at tw- on uh, Twitter, not us specifically, saying that we said this was a rebuilding year. There's only a two-minute, 20-minute video of all the analysts that said it's a rebuilding year, and they didn't include someone on GetUp saying that the Chiefs were going to miss the playoffs entirely. We didn't yeah, just or- come up with this out of our ass. We came up with this with the fucking receipts. It, it didn't even include half the people. Yeah. Barstool, just, everybody's favorite Barstool posted a bunch of stuff about how it was BS that we we were considering ourselves underdogs. Barstool posted a picture of Joe Flacco and captioned it, Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill, before he had even played a game without him. Um, and there's also Stephen A. Smith saying that there's a new sheriff in town in the AFC West, and it's the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> you just can't doubt these guys, man. I, I know a certain somebody that was, quite convinced that the Buffalo Bills had a cakewalk to the Super Bowl, and that was not the case. It it really just Me or Jackson. blows my uh, – I believe it was you, Josh. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. 
It was. <laughs> I mean, you talk about pre- 20 of the last 22 draft picks are on the active roster. That's unheard That's of. That's insane. The That's just, Isn't the, the only one... Is the only one not on it? Is that the dude from Clemson, the receiver, Justin Ross? Well, he wasn't drafted. No, Cor- uh, yeah, he wasn't Cor- drafted. Cornell Powell is an on Cornell the roster, Powell. and then there's one other guy. But it's actually unbelievable. We had, I believe, like eight defensive rookies <laughs> play snaps this year, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. The secondary had at least four or five throughout the season. And, and I really don't think that that was a fluke. I really think that Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams are actually really solid corners. Uh, and then oh, yeah. I, I don't need to explain myself on Trent McDuffie. As bad as I am at evaluating quarterbacks, maybe I should switch to evaluating corners because he was my favorite corner in the draft. We can go back, pull up the receipts. Yeah, you on got one. one, right? Let's just keep it. Let's just keep going. Like you can stick to quarterbacks because anybody you say is good, you're just going to curse. I'd rather you not touch well, people. We have chance of drafting. Well, next week, uh, <laughs> Next week, I've, I've got my top five quarterbacks for this class, but we'll save that for later. I have some kids' <laughs> lives to ruin. Um, but nonetheless. Feel bad uh, for them. Yeah, unbelievable. But I will say this. All three of us, all three of us, I went back and listened to our post-draft podcast last year. All three of us, the very episode after, this isn't like, we're not revisionist historying this. I don't think that's, we're, we're not like using revisionist history here. We loved the draft the day, like we absolutely oh, yeah. loved the Chiefs draft immediately after we thought they killed it, and and I said, and, and I was I said something specifically on it that I was like, if we took McDuffie at twenty one, if we would have taken him at eleven, I would have been fine. If we took Karloftis at like thirty, if we would have taken him at twenty, I would have been fine. And and, it, and along those lines, the positional value we get is just unbelievable. And like it's funny because like even then after it, I'm like, I, I remember I said something on the podcast. I was like, and then we just took some seventh round pick. We took some seventh round running back that looks good. Uh, yeah, funny, yeah. Funny how that one came out to be. Uh, yeah, man, just unbelievable drafting, unbelievable developing. It's really the way you win in the NFL. And, and what's crazy is you in that span, like they're so good at drafting, and they've traded two first round picks in the last four, five years. It, it, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it absolutely is. I. <laughs> And this is even with taking Clyde in the first round, which is yeah. an objectively horrible pick. And that draft was one still of our, great. Like that's a top we, three worst pick in the last four years. And we and we still came out of that draft with Willie Gay and uh, Legarius Sneed mm-hmm. and uh, Mike Dana. And yeah, I just it, it, like the Chiefs have killed it. Um, I want to go back to the game specifically because I think there's another thing where Andy Reid deserves flowers that we forgot to give him to him. The Chiefs completely ripped up everything they had been doing and just changed the offense entirely in that second half. We were lining up in the I formation. We had that play. I don't even know what the formation was, but it was like two backs that were like diagonal behind Mahomes and he was under center. And we gave it to Pacheco and he got like a 20-yard gain. Um, yeah. The Chiefs just said, we're going to scheme up this entirely different thing that no one's prepared for. No one is, has seen us do all year. And we're going to run the rock down their throat and we're going to get a bunch of guys open and Mahomes is going to make a single mistake the whole game. And we're just going to roll. And we cut through that defense. That was historically good. Like an absolute buzzsaw three touchdowns. And then a field goal in that fourth quarter. Um, Look, I mean, the only thing really holding the chiefs back in this game was the fact that the defense was on the field for a very long time. Um, The Eagles had a lot of long meticulous drives 
And a lot of times it was just like, it would be great if we could get Mahomes back on the field. Um, I, I can't believe that that's the way the chiefs pulled this out. I mean, we haven't done, we haven't had Mahomes under center that much the entire time he's been here. And we whip it out in the second half of the super bowl, just ballsy as hell. And it worked to perfection. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what you said. You talked about the special teams being a problem all year. Third and one was the biggest problem all year, in all honesty. And in this game, in big situations, the Chiefs really, really, really played well on third and short, which is something they struggled with. They also, I mean, you think about the three things that killed them. We hit on special teams, we hit on third and short. But one of the other things that killed them was um, turnovers. And this postseason, unbelievable. The Chiefs, I think they turned the ball over once. It was the Mahomes, like, dropping of the throw, that, like, bizarre play. Other than that, they literally only turned the ball over one time in three games. And in the Super Bowl, they couldn't afford a turnover. They literally just could not afford a turnover, and they didn't. Um, and really, like, Mahomes never even put the ball in harm's way. Yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't. It, it, I don't think he ever really had to. Um, and, look, he, he just played perfect. I mean – I think maybe he had one throw that he had that Marquez Valdez Scantling deep ball that wasn't perfect. You don't know if the throw was problematic or if the route was bad. Um, other than that, I have such a hard time isolating a single play where it was like, oh, Pat messed up. Um, he <laughs> he just he's something else. Um, he's one of those guys that you have him and you just know you're yeah. always there. You're always there. You're always going to be competing at the highest level. Oh, I. It just blows my mind every time I think about this because it's it's just messed up that this is the year we get number two. It's messed up, and it's messed up for everyone that doesn't want to see Patrick Mahomes win four, five, six, God forbid, seven Super Bowls because <laughs> um, the, the floodgates might be about to open. I can't lie to you. Yeah, I mean, the AFC is going to be a gauntlet, and you know every time you can break through it, you've got to capitalize on the Super Bowl. That's the way I feel. Is yeah. If you're the Eagles, the NFC is terrible. You, you you're competing with the Niners. The Eagles will probably be back. You're competing. They were the with, Niners. You're competing with like three teams, maybe. Think like the NFC South as a division might like literally. I don't think one of those teams currently constructed would win seven games. Like the NFC East, like Dallas is Dallas. They're never gonna be for real. The Giants, until they get a serious quarterback, I'm not going to take them seriously. The Commanders are a joke of a franchise, so Philly should just roll that division. Then you go to the NFC West. Seattle, as much as Geno had a good year, I'm not buying that going forward completely, at least. Um, You know, you consider the Niners, obviously, but even there, what's the quarterback situation? The Rams look like they're in for a little bit of a rebuild. Um <laughs> And then the Cardinals are in for a massive rebuild. Um, so you just look at all that. It's like, yeah, Philly can look at this and be like, we can get back. Kansas City, man, you look at it. You've got, obviously, Cincinnati and Buffalo are your two biggest guys. But then, you know, even if they always fall short, the Chargers are going to be tough. Denver is going to be better. Sean Payton is a good coach. He will have that team competing. Um, Jacksonville you know, will continue to improve. Jacksonville is going to keep getting better. Baltimore, depending on Lamar's situation, should be a contender. Pittsburgh, if Kenny Pickett develops, Pittsburgh's not going to be any slouches either. Um, you know, if Tennessee could get a, a fucking quarterback that wasn't terrible, you know, but then also, like, you got, like, the Dolphins, who aren't terrible. You've got, 
You know, the Jets, who if they get a quarterback, aren't t- the AFC is just so fucking hard. And so yep. and that's if yep. you're able to make it out of it, it is just be terrible not to win the Super Bowl because making it out of the AFC is so hard. And I'm not saying that, you know, the NFC is going to be easy forever, but, I mean, right now, there is just a clear window for a team like Philadelphia to make multiple Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. Um, And, look, it doesn't guarantee that the Chiefs... What's the... Sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, are we talking... What what were we talking about? Oh, just just how, how great it is that the Chiefs made it. Like given the circumstances, Jackson was talking about how hard the AFC is. Um, oh yeah, look, that, I mean that's okay. Having said all that, I'm just saying, uh, and this is no guarantee the Chiefs will make it through again. But out of the main competitors in the AFC, um, independent of what happened to them in the playoffs, the Chiefs have the best situation coming into this offseason. Uh, they have more flexibility than a lot of these teams, um, and it's not like they have key players hitting free agency at the rate that is coming for some of these other guys. Um, look, I I think the Chiefs are just going to... I will predict right now the Chiefs will host a sixth straight AFC championship. And that's given <laughs> that we have an extremely difficult schedule. Oh my God, up. yeah, it's brutal. Um, but look, regardless of all that, I mean, look, anyone that gets first place in the AFC is going to have a tricky schedule regardless. The Chiefs did kind of get the unlucky hand of having to play the Eagles as our 17th game. Um, but regardless, I, I just, I'm so happy with this and it's not like the Rams last year where we have to feel like, you know, we're heading into a decline. I feel like rational Rams people probably thought that was coming. Um, not the case for the Chiefs at all. Uh, this is just the start of them being at the top of the league and I can't wait to see what comes next at all. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, it, it reminds me of, I've made this comparison, but it's it's even better than the Miami Heat in the early 2010s where they went to four straight finals. Obviously, the Chiefs didn't go to four straight Super Bowls, but they damn near did. They're a bad second half away from doing that. It's just, you know, it, it's weird because you, you're all season and all off season and for years you're like fiending and you're, you're climbing that mountain and you're trying to get on top of the mountain and you're getting close. And you're just, you can't quite get there. Even though you win a Super Bowl, then you're trying to get back. And you don't want to just be that team that won one and then is forgotten about. And now you've made it on top of the mountain, and I just don't really know how to feel. Like, it's like, it's a weird feeling of like, what now? Like, we did. Yeah. Like, one more. But yeah, no, I agree. I kind of had that feeling. It was like, I was excited. But I was like, all right, what are we going to do again now? Like, it was like, all right, I want to go win another one. Obviously, I want to go win another one. We're going to be remembered. I agree with everything you said, but, like, there's there's always going to be more to win. Like, we always, we will always have more to prove. Like, no matter what happens, we always have more to prove. Yeah. And I think that's just something that we all, everyone understands, too, is that two Super Bowls is great, and I agree. We're going to be remembered. In the era of 2020, it's the Kansas City Chiefs era, and it's only 2023. Unless someone wins four Super Bowls in a row, I don't see how we don't be considered the team of that like of the twenty twenties, you know? So and why not win three in twenty twenty, you know? Yeah, well, how long four. was the gap between uh Brady's third and fourth? Wasn't it like ten years? It was a decade, yeah. So but yeah, I mean it, it is our decade to lose, to be completely honest. I mean, it's gonna be 
it's very early in the decade, but it's really, like you said, it's the Chiefs' it's decade. Part. It is. Yep. Unless, yeah, unless somebody comes along, which, like I said, with the AFC, the problem with the AFC is I don't see a dynasty. I don't see another team in the AFC winning multiple Super Bowls in the next ten years, other than Kansas City, because of how difficult it is. Because it's not just Kansas City. You take in all those other teams. They're going to beat up on each other. Like, it's just going to Let's just be- say this. There's six more Super Bowls to be played in 2020. That means in the four of the next six years, the Bills and Bengals would have to win two to be on the same level as the Chiefs. I just don't see that physically happening. I don't. Maybe one of them wins two in the next six years, but I just I don't see it happening Yeah, for both yeah. of them. I mean, I obviously... There, this could come and bite us right back in the ass, and we never win another Super Bowl. And the Bills and Bengals go on to have dynasties. But I mean, from what we've seen, I just don't see how this isn't our year, our decade. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good time. We are living in a good time right now as a Chiefs fan. Um, never would have thought <laughs> we got to this moment. We have three Super Bowls now. We've matched the Raiders and the Broncos, so they can't hold that over us anymore. We are now tied in the division, and we look primed to get that fourth sooner than anybody else in the division. So it, it's a really damn good time to be a Chiefs fan. Really excited. Um, but as the NFL world moves on, because it never stops, uh, the is now likely to become the commander's offensive coordinator. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I feel I feel happy for him, but, man, I just don't understand how he didn't get a head coaching job. You know, like, I think it's kind of fucked. Yeah, I, I I don't understand how he didn't either. Uh, I think for the amount of like flowers giving that the Chiefs have done to the offensive play calling and just play design in this game in general, like I think Eric Bieniemy deserves a little more credit. A team jumped to hire the Eagles' defensive coordinator who got absolutely cooked in this game. Um, I just I, at this point I don't know what it's gonna take. I don't know if Eric Bieniemy is just like the worst interview in the world. Or what? Because his on-the-field resume is more than enough to get a head coaching job. And just look at how many coaches are still head coaches right now. Zach Taylor was a quarterback's coach before he got hired. Um, yeah, the it wasn't a good hire, but the Giants hired Joe Judge, who was the Eagles special oh team or God, the, yeah. the Patriots special teams coach. Um, I I don't know. I don't. I have no clue what it is holding it back. I. I heard people say that he has to prove that he can succeed without Mahomes and Reed. And it's like, really? So like Nathaniel Hackett didn't have to prove that he couldn't succeed with that, that he could succeed without Rogers. Like I, I have no clue. I don't know what it is. Um, and I think it's kind of a shame that like we have to lose him to a lateral job uh, after just how crazy good the chiefs offense has been because he undeniably deserves a good bit of credit for it. He's been the OC. So something that said they people wouldn't be shocked if the enemy's the head coach in uh, Washington next year. So, I mean, which makes sense, but it's like, if the commanders do good, why would they fire Ron Rivera? And if the commanders do good with their offense, shit, you know it's Eric Bieniemy. Like, if if the if Bieniemy does good with uh, the commanders and he's not a head coach in 2024, something's fucked. I would agree. I would agree. I will, I guess, play devil's advocate here. I think he's making a mistake. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I agree. About, I, don't I don't see why you leave. Here, but, um, I don't see why you leave. I could see. I see why you leave. I see you leave because you don't want to be tied to 
oh, he's only good because of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and a great offense and a great, you know, he's coattailing Andy Reid's success because I think people do have that fear after what happened with Matt Nagy that's like, oh, you know, is is this really the enemy or what's going on? But, and I get that, like, you want to go be an offensive coordinator somewhere else and prove, hey, I don't need Andy Reid. Yeah, do that. But Washington, the commanders, bro, you are putting I'm your big task. You are putting your career in jeopardy, bro. Their quarterback next year is likely to be Sam Howell. Ron Rivera has said that. You're gonna put the you're gonna put your credibility in Sam Howell. You're gonna put your credibility yeah. in an organization owned by Dan Snyder right now. I mean, the team's obviously going for sale, but who the hell knows who's gonna buy it? It's just like, in my opinion, I want the enemy to get a head coaching job. And and I wouldn't have been mad if he took an offensive coordinator job. Uh, let's say with like Dallas, you know, when the Kellen, Jets, when the Kellen, Jets, or yeah, yeah, true, when Kellen Moore got fired, or the Jets when Mike Lafleur got fired, I wouldn't have been mad at that. You know, I'd have been like, yeah, okay, I see the vision. Um, you know, I see what you're trying to do. But the Commanders, man, it just feels like if he doesn't do well in Washington, his chances of being a head coach are so slim. They're already not good because he hasn't been hired and he's already done a lot of amazing things. So if he doesn't do well next year. In Washington, I I just don't see the path to being a head coach. Now, if he does do well, then it's like undeniably he's a head coach. And maybe that's what he's trying to do is like, look, if I can take this piece of shit offense and make it a contender, then like. I don't even have to contend. If they can make the fucking playoffs with Sam Howell as their quarterback, I think that says enough. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, it's time. He's been with Kansas City long enough. If he hasn't gotten a head coaching job at this point, I just don't know if he ever will. Um, but, but I will just say the grass is not always greener. Being a head coach uh, isn't always the best thing in the world. Sometimes being a coordinator uh, is a little, you know, it'd be like Spags becoming a head coach almost. It's like you might just want to stay where you're at because you've got a chance to win a lot of championships here. Yeah, I, I just feel sympathetic for him, if anything. I mean, he's he's had more than enough success, or at least more than enough success that we've seen people get hired for um, than, like, a third of the coaches in this league. Uh, I don't really have any clue what it is that's holding him back, but it's, it's a shame that he has to basically leave and go to the commanders because um, obviously he feels that that's the only way he's going to get that head coaching job because that's what we know the end goal for him is uh yeah it's just a very bizarre situation so if he leaves which it is appearing more and more likely that he is uh do we just he already left that's the thing his contract's done he is not coming back to the chiefs that's already been talked about okay well then is it matt Nagy? it's matt Nagy. yeah 100%. it's matt Nagy. and yeah. i'm not i'm okay with that i mean, I, mean I think it i think it should just be I think it should be someone Mahomes is comfortable working with, right? Like, yeah, the, that's that's where we're at. Um, I would love the Chiefs to hire Alex Smith as their quarterbacks coach. I think that would be amazing. That would be awesome. That would be, that'd be cool. Um, um, yeah, but yeah, I I think Matt Nagy's a fine hire, and clearly him and Mahomes has a, have a very close relationship. And I think even you can even give Nagy some of the credit for Mahomes' development. He was the offensive coordinator the year that Mahomes was, you know, on the bench for the entire season. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, one of the formative influences. Um, in the in event, Mike Kafka. Andy, what about that? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. In the event Andy Reid had left, like remember there was the Jay Glazer thing that was like he has to make some decisions. Obviously, he isn't leaving. 
I'm pretty sure we all knew that was BS, but I think Mike Kafka would have been a great shout for us to, to be our next head coach. You know what's insane? Jay Glazer is always fucking wrong when it comes to reporting. He comes out with the most scandalous shit ever, and he doesn't get, like, hated on it. People just believe it, and then he does it again every Super Bowl. Like, what the fuck? This man said Sean... Sean McVay was going to retire. I know that had some truth to it, but he fucking didn't. And now he said Andy Reid is going to retire. What's he getting? Nothing. So shut the fuck up, Jay Glazer. Yeah, last year he said Aaron Donald was going to retire if they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like he, These fuckers just went three or six and eleven, and he's still playing. I don't think retirement was in any consideration. Yeah. Fuck, I'm going to be saying Patrick Mahomes is considering retirement. <laughs> That's pretty much what he's doing. He's going up a list, and he's just picking a player, and this time it happened to be Andy fucking Reid. He said, why the fuck not? Was it, was it like a report, though? Didn't Andy Reid, like, straight up take an interview where he said something along those lines? Like, not he literally like- said, I don't know where he got that. Okay, okay. Never mind, then. He, he yeah. had an interview with Andy, and he probably came up and twisted the quote, which is not okay, but that's probably what he did to get clicks, and he got fucking clicks. Pisses me off. He really did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's how I've kind of felt towards Schefter the last few years with all the Rogers shit. But I love what Rogers said. Roger or <laughs> Adam and uh, Ian are good guys, but they don't know a fucking thing about me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so crazy. I guess that's the end of the season. I mean, what that's year that's wraps. That, yeah, that was the 2020, 20, 2022, 2020, 20, fucking can't talk. Uh, that was the season. Uh, what a season it was. Kansas City, I mean, shit, like we said, it probably wasn't the year they were even supposed to win the Super Bowl, but they got it done, man. All right, what do you guys, do you guys, now that you've had a little time to marinate on it, do you guys, which season was better in your opinion, the Niners Super Bowl or this one? This one. This one. Yeah, no one expected it to be there. I go back and forth, man. It's that This dude, wasn't the, our Super Bowl to win. The last time we won, that was our Super Bowl to win. But the thing for me is that AFC championship over the Bengals. Like we will no one can ever take that away from us. That still honestly feels sweeter than the Super Bowl. Like everybody and their mother was either picking the Bengals or acting like it was a foregone conclusion that the Bengals were going to win that football game. And the Bengals fans came into Arrowhead like it was a foregone conclusion they won that game. When they took their first lead of the game, some guy came running up and down the steps in my section with a fucking Burrowhead flag. Like, these people are delusional. And we got to put them right right in their place with our quarterback on one leg and Marcus Kemp playing wide receiver. Like, the Chiefs have nothing else to prove. Patrick Mahomes has nothing else to prove. Andy Reid has nothing else to prove. I, this season just was a big F you to everyone that didn't want to see the Chiefs succeed. Like, that's why I love it so much. Is it too yeah. early to say the Chiefs won the Tyree kill trade? I think, no. see, I'll tell you what. I hate the term win-lose trades. Like, I think I think the Chiefs, yeah, they definitely won, but I also am not going to say that the Dolphins lost. Like, I think the Dolphins made a perfectly good move, too. Not every yeah, team I mean, can draft you, like you Brett to, Veach. You also have to think, like, if Tua doesn't get three concussions in one season or two concussions in one season, 
the Dolphins would have probably been playing us in the divisional round. Like, or if just Mike McDaniel knew how to call plays. Like, I thought Mike McDaniel yeah. was a good coach, but he I is. watch the Chiefs. The Chiefs never, ever are are coming down. Barely ever are the is the play clock running down, and they're they don't know what they're doing. That happened to the Dolphins like 10, 15 times in that game. Uh, I think Mike McDaniel needs to get his shit together. I believe he's a good coach, but that is such a consequential thing that they did because they really, if they could have just gotten plays in, they would have beaten the Bills with Skylar Thompson. Like, legit. All right. I got to run, but I want to talk about one more thing. I say we do an early, early, early season preview. For the 2023-2024 season. He's I don't even know man. what the record. I'm saying. I'm saying we go. I think we have a little bit of a down year. And I don't think we. Oh my god. No, we're I not think, doing this. We're not doing I think this. we go 12 and 5. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. There's no way to know anything. We haven't even gotten a free 13 agency. and 4 with another Super Bowl appearance. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Yeah, we're going this. 17 and 0. We're winning another Super Bowl. We can't do this again. We we literally last year the bulk of this team was built through the draft. We have no idea who the hell's even going to be on the team. Uh that being said, they are set up we signed very, the whole team. They are very so they are set up very nicely going forward and uh yeah, I mean we'll we'll next week we'll kind of start getting into off-season talk. This was kind of our victory lap episode for the Chiefs. Um but yeah. So no race for the Tennessee. It's All-Star weekend. Well, I mean, you can still do race for ten seed. I mean, ah, fuck it, we can do it. Why not? All right. Well, I might as well do it real quick before I go. Well, hurry the fuck up, Josh. I'm ready, bitch. Here we go. Coming in at number thirteen, low score break. He's a brick. He's a bitch. It's LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Number twelve, Damian Lillard's a little bitch. Number eleven, Russell West Brick is. Breaking his way down the Utah fucking Salt Lake City River. Yeah, totally. Number 10, <laughs> COVID started there. It's OKC Thunder. Number 9, COVID also started there. It's the Golden State Warriors. Number 8, Anthony Edwards likes Popeyes. And no, that's not racist. It's, it's Anthony Edwards and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Number 7, yes, it's the New Orleans Pelicans. Number 6, I'm fucking scared of this team. It's the Mavericks. Number 5. I'm also fucking scared of this team. It's the Phoenix Suns. Number four. I'm not really scared of this team. It's the Clippers. And number three is... Ah! It's Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Nicely done there. Very well. All right. Uh, Dennis Gates, not a blank check yet. No, I will see out. you guys next get week. Get the hell out. Get the hell out. That's, that's your cue to leave. Um, yeah, so kind of talking about the NBA... Right before our last episode, I was asking you, John, I was like, what are some trades? Like, who's a guy that you could see being moved? And I literally told you, I went back and listened, I literally told you, other than Durant, because I don't think that happens. And not even five, six hours later, he gets traded. Uh, yeah. And I think that I said that the song. I'm doing a podcast, Gary. What are you doing? Oh, okay. Can you go get me some food? Sure. Um, I'll take... Hold on. Wait, oh, okay, there we go. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah, I... I am, uh... I don't know. I've kind of... 
kind of burning out on the NBA, man. When your team should be so good and they're just not, like every night they're not, it just it drives you nuts. And at a certain point, I'm like ready to be done. Like, I don't know, man. I, I really can't handle what the Clippers do to me. I just try to think about the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, the NBA is kind of – it's kind of just like – I think partially <coughs> – excuse me. Um, I think partially what's wrong with the NBA is player movement. I think it's hard to become a passionate fan about your team or really care about a team that year to year has such a different look. You just don't like – it's just like outside of like a Milwaukee where Giannis sure has stayed there and he's built something there – that's just not what happens anymore. I guess you could say Devin Booker and Phoenix, but it just doesn't really happen anymore. It's like everybody's best player was traded for or signed, like the Heat with Jimmy Butler, Lakers obviously with LeBron, the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George, fuck the Suns with Durant now. Um, you know, it just feels rare that you draft your best player, and that that sucks. That's you know, back in the day, that's how it was. Jordan Olajuwon. Um, you know, Kobe obviously wasn't drafted by the Lakers, but he's traded there on draft night. Uh, Duncan, like that, that's, I feel like that is why, that has something to do with why the NBA is losing viewership. Uh, yeah, I think that's absolutely a big part of it. I mean, I think also just some teams like mess around in the regular season, like with. Yeah, and that's different... bullshit. It's bullshit that they can do that. You can't yeah. mess around in the NFL regular season. That's why it's so fun. Is. Every game has importance. The NBA, man, <coughs> excuse me, the the Warriors are, what, 29 and 29? Does anyone have a doubt that that team is going to make a playoff run? No. No. Everyone, everyone still feels like the Golden State Warriors are going to be fine when it comes to the playoff time. You can't do that in the NFL. You can't point to me a 5-5 five and five team in the NFL and be like, oh, they're going to make a deep run. Nobody feels that way on a – but – but in the NBA, the regular season just doesn't have the importance, and it sucks. And I don't know how you fix that. I don't know if you lower the games. I don't know what you do. But right now, it's, it's just not a good product. Yeah, I mean, you, you lower the games is what you do, but it's not going to happen because that costs some money. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is just the issue with the NBA is that they can't this – is, this is the amount of games they have for the amount of money that gets put out, and um, it's going to be this way probably forever. Uh, so get used to it. And yeah, the NBA is essentially useless until the postseason, And that's really how it is. <laughs> which and I, I think, think a lot of, which I think is a hundred percent attribute to player movement, but I also don't think it's just player movement in general. I think it goes down to Durant to the Warriors. I think that literally ruined the NBA for like ever. You can point to LeBron to the heat. Sure. But even when LeBron went to the Heat, the Heat were not this team that couldn't be beaten. The Heat were still having to fight and claw for what they were doing. Um, especially towards like the last two years when Wade got a little older and his knees weren't as good. You know, that wasn't... That era of the NBA, I don't think people minded. It's this Durant era where he goes to Golden State and they have pissing four Hall of Famers at the same time on their prime. And now everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's going to get four Hall of Fame. They're trying to get. They're trying to match because that's the only way they can compete. It's ruined the sport. Yeah, I I think it, it's that's part of it. I think. Look, I think yeah, I think it's partly that, and I think it's partly that you got people playing back to back games on back to back days, and quite frankly, that just 
just like the MLB, when you play 80-whatever games, it doesn't really make a big effect. And eight teams make the playoffs. Ten mm. now. Um, so I guess in some ways wanting to miss the play-in has helped people um, try a little harder in the regular season. But, yeah, no, I mean, this is just kind of what you're going to get is a regular season that's quite mundane and feels low stakes. Um, and, yeah, that's that's where we are. And even even in the last year that the Warriors were good and they beat or lost to the Raptors, they kind of just messed around that regular season as well. Yeah. Um, so even the teams that do win mess around in the regular season. Um, yeah, we're it, usually you see it coming together kind of after the All-Star break, though. So yeah, it, hopefully the product improves. It'll get better. But like, like you said, I think, but I also think, and I think this has to go along the lines of games, I think back-to-back should not exist. I don't think there is any logical reason we should be playing back-to-backs in the NBA. It no, isn't. No good for the game man the only people that can play back-to-backs are kids in like their 20s these days and you could say like well back in the 90s uh jordan and all those guys would play back-to-backs without any problem yeah well as people have gotten fucking smarter and as people have started to realize that that like shortens your career and that like makes your career like it just fatigues the hell out of you over time they're like why would i do that when i don't have to because it doesn't matter I'll save myself for later. And that's what's happening, but it's a shit product for the NBA. And I think if you get rid of back-to-backs um, and, and you just lowered the game, even if you lowered the season by like 20, if you went from 82 games to 62, I think you'd have a really, really interesting product. Uh, but I feel like something has to be done because I I think you loved the NBA for a while. I loved the NBA for a while. And at this point, I've just lost interest in the product. Yeah, and I mean, my situation is extenuated by the fact that, one, I have the team that definitely loses the most entertainment value to the way that they respond to the regular season, and two, like, just always losing in the most stupid ways. Um, but yeah, that has completely shattered my love for the NBA. I can I can tell you that much. Um, but... I'll still be watching come NBA Finals time because it is damned entertaining. Once, well, that's where it's fun, and that's and I don't think people are debating that the playoffs are oh yeah a ton of fun in the basketball, which is why I think like part of the reason I love college basketball so much is because games have such importance, and yeah, and the parity of college basketball is so good. You still have blue bloods, you still have your KU's, your Dukes, your North Carolinas. The same way that the NBA has the Lakers and the Celtics and those, you know, kind of uh, cornerstone franchises, but they're, you know, but they're beatable and they're not great every year. And it's just like the NBA just feels like ass right now. It doesn't feel like you have any of that entertainment value. But speaking of college basketball, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, (laughs) it, It's time. You ready? Three, two, one. Dennis! <laughs> even though even though Dennis just took a rough L. Hey, you know a what? Real rough. Yes, we got our ass kicked by Auburn, but I think that that was a good reminder to everybody that that's kind of what this season was like probably supposed to be is like we were probably supposed to be getting our ass kicked like that this season um because it, we sure as hell did last year a lot and man, we kind of went 0 to 100 real quick, man. I mean, we were winning Games this year that were like, holy piss. We beat Illinois. We beat Kentucky. We beat, I mean, we can get into the Tennessee game. And I feel like people are like, yes, that was a disappointing game. But 
feel like people need to realize like that was kind of like not like every game, but like that was kind of the expectation versus a team like Auburn coming into the year. It's like you'd get your ass kicked. And so I don't yeah. really I'm not gonna overreact and lose my mind because of one game that we got our ass kicked. No, I agree. I agree. And that Tennessee game was pretty unbelievable, man. Uh not not every day do you hit a running 30-footer at the buzzer oh to win God. a game unless while you're DeAndre, down two. Unless you're DeAndre Golston, then you do. Yeah. Uh, it to, to have it happen twice in one year is pretty freaking unbelievable. Um, and, yeah, those are wins that I will, I will cherish for a long time. That Tennessee game was fun as hell. And if you've been on Twitter, you know Tennessee people suck. That school is a shithole. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, especially because we get our ass kicked by them in football every year. It's just so nice to be able hey, to... Hey, we didn't, we didn't before we hired shitwits. Just saying. <laughs> shitwits. Just saying. It's a new one. Um, yeah, but the point being, um, yeah, it was so nice to beat them. So now, now you get the win over number six, Tennessee, but you get your ass kicked by Auburn. Where do you have us right now? Uh, look, I am a little bit of a, um, I'm a little bit of, uh, what's the term here? Kind of a, I bow down to the numbers sometimes. And I feel like if Jesse Newell came on our podcast, he would tell us that Mizzou isn't a tournament team. Um, I don't think that's true. Dude, it is concerning to me that the only way we can beat people is to shoot the lights out from three. Like, as mu- and I know that happened. Yeah, but it just... It's ah. not a good way. I agree with you. It's not like it's not something I would prefer, but we're doing it. Like, And, and it's, I, not, it's not... You can call it fluky, but it's happening. Now, I think, in all honesty, like, it's, first of all, a way better product than last year's product of we're, defense travels, like Kwanzaa's bullshit. Like, we're going to win 48 to 45. Like, I couldn't stand that shit. I'd much rather do this. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think I said yeah. this on the podcast that, like, if they don't shoot the lights out of the ball, they lose. And this isn't me, like, being disappointed in this season. Like, I'm completely, regardless of that factor, this has been Hell a completely no. yeah. impressive year. Um, I Yeah, I do just think, like, we're going to lose in the first round of the tournament. Like, I've accepted that. Do you know who, um, do you know who Lenardi has us playing right now? Who? He has us as an eight seed playing Duke. Oof. And That'd be that, kind of fun, though. If we were to win, guess who we would play? Kansas. Yep. Yeah. No, that ain't gonna happen. They better not line us up with Kansas, or else I'm gonna cheer for us to lose. We're Because right, I never want right to play now, them we're again. Right there. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we are. To be fair, we're favored to win every game left at this point. We're favored to beat everybody at home, and then our two road games are LSU and Ole Miss, right? Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Georgia. Do we play LSU yeah. again? Yeah, we play LSU in Louisiana. So we have three road games left. Well, we play at LSU and we play at Georgia. Uh, oh, Ole Miss plays here. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Ole play. Miss plays here. We already beat Ole Miss at Ole Miss. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Texas A&M is going to be tough. I think Texas A&M and Mississippi State are both pretty good. Um, yeah. You'd like to – I'd hope to split those at least. Yeah. At Georgia yeah. won't be as easy as it's been in the past. They're They're capable this year. Uh, the real thing is you've got to beat LSU and Ole Miss to end the season. You can win those two. That's 21 wins. Are they really going to keep a 21-win SEC team out of the tournament? I doubt it. No, I don't think so. So, I mean, you're looking I, you're looking pretty good. 
I think Mizzou's built up a good enough resume that they just have to take care of business like to the lowest extent and they'll get in. Um, and that's that's good, man. Like yeah, making the tournament yeah. is crazy tough. It's given tough how bad we were last year. where we were last year. You consider who we've beaten that's like right now, text, uh, excuse me, um, just who we've played. Alabama's the number one overall seed. Texas A&M is a projected tournament team. So those are two of your losses. Kansas, those are three of your losses. Um, you know, Auburn is one of those teams that's kind of teetering on the bubble, I would say. They're like kind of in. I, Lenardi has them as an eight seed right now. So, I mean, you're not losing to terrible teams. It's not like you have a horrible loss on your record. I think Florida's the worst loss right now, and that's not really terrible. No, no, it's not awful. And, um, and, and you have quality wins. That's what's keeping Mizzou afloat right now is you have good wins, especially that win versus Tennessee now. That win yep. carries a lot of weight. Beating Illinois, that carries a ton of weight. Um, hell, Kentucky's right now one of the last four in. Beating Arkansas is impressive. I, I tell you the win that just might do it, though. Iowa State, the fashion in which they beat Iowa State. Yeah, and got, I mean, Iowa State, they were missing a couple of players, but to kick their asses like that is Well, you got to consider, like, I think if Mizzou comes down to, like, being, like, kind of teetering, you have to consider they kicked the shit out of Illinois. They kicked the shit out of Kentucky. They beat the dog piss out of Iowa State. Like, they didn't just win those games. They blew them the hell out. Yeah. Um, and then... You know, you're kind of looking for one impressive road win, and you got one at Tennessee. So, yep. you know, it, in Tennessee, you know, people are like, well, maybe they're really. Nope, they just beat number one Alabama. So, you know, it. I don't know. I think at this point, it would be bullshit if we didn't make the tournament. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think if Mizzou does some, play some good basketball down the line, then they could maybe even make their way up to a seven. God forbid. Um, but I do think you know they punched crazy, a little bro. bit above their weight. You know what's crazy, bro? As I came on here last week, I, I think it was either last week or the week before, and I said, if we win every game left except Tennessee, what would we be? And we were like, we could be a six. And now we're like, we beat Tennessee. And we're like, yeah, we might. We, we can only be a seven <laughs> because of yeah, yeah. how bad we lost yeah. to Auburn. It's just funny like that. If you would have told me we beat Tennessee and lost to Auburn, I would have been like, what the hell? Uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> yeah, that, that is how. That it, Auburn. <laughs> That Auburn game was quite rough, though. You really don't want to go down 30-6. to six. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that Ugh. was horrible. Yeah. That was 2020. That's a- that, was, that was last year's team. That was that was dreadful. Um, I mean, 56 has to be a season low. Oh, yeah. It absolutely is, if I had to guess. That was um, horrible. Yeah. Well, maybe, what did we score against KU? 67. Okay. Never mind, then. Yeah, we're fine. That, it was bad. The first half was just terrible basketball. Um, and I was listening to it on the radio. I was driving home for the mm-hmm. parade. Um, and, yeah, that, that it sounded awful. There's a positive and a negative with this. Is the, the negative is Mizzou is a horrible road team. They do not play well on the road outside of the Tennessee game, and they beat Ole Miss on the road. But outside of you know one good opponent on the road, they play like shit on the road. The good thing is they have a lot of home games left, and the tournament is a neutral site, so they don't have to worry about that. <clears throat> yep, yep, that is very true. They don't have to be quote unquote on the road, um, so that's that's pretty nice. Um, but yeah, that, get a couple of home games here. I'm excited to go out there tomorrow uh, and hopefully get a win over Texas A&M. 
and get an exciting little finish as we head into spring because it's been fun. Yeah, that'd be a good resume. I mean, beating Texas A&M would look good. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to March. I mean, Selection Sunday is very, very close. SEC tournament's very, very close. And I think we're right now the six in the SEC. So, you know, but not too far out of four. So there's... There's a lot of opportunity. We're seven and six. We trail Kentucky, but we have the head-to-head. We trail Tennessee, but we have the head-to-head. So, I mean, and the thing is, like, I know Josh, and thank God we do these segments without Josh because he's fucking the biggest annoyance of Mizzou sports in the world. I hope he's listening to this now. Um, He was, like, so pissed off we lost to Texas A&M. Like, he acted like that was such a terrible – they're 11-2 and in the SEC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they are nearly the best team in the SEC right now. Yeah. No, they absolutely are. Uh, 11-2, and two, and they caught that one. Craziness. Like, the worst team we've lost to is Mississippi State, who's 5-8 and eight in the SEC. And they, this past week, beat Arkansas and lost to Kentucky by three. So, it's not like, you know, like I said, we don't have a bad loss. Like, last year, fucking took two games and we had lost to UMKC. No... No, uh, no disrespect towards UMKC, but uh, you know. Oh my God, no kidding. <laughs> but it was, you know, season was pretty much over. Game two last year, um, but yeah. Yep, big time. It was hella over. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it, you also just can't get blown out at home. Like yeah, losing to them is one of, thing. Outside of Kansas, we haven't this year. No, well, yeah, yeah, not really. And that's what's that's what's interesting is I was just talking to Thomas about this too is. We only have lost to Kansas and Alabama at home. That's yeah. pretty good. So two top five teams. Like, okay. <laughs> All right, I can work with that. Yeah, sure, then sure. Follow sure. it up. A and M would probably be the most impressive home win yet. I would say. So let's well, see if we can get you think it. It'd be better than Arkansas. Yeah, or, I think or, so. Or I mean, Iowa Arkansas State? six and seven in the SEC. Iowa State. Iowa State. Iowa State was missing a couple guys. That's why I would give A&M the edge. I don't know what their injury situation is, but um, I think A&M's pretty damn good. I yeah. mean, they've been killing it in conference. They haven't played anyone particularly difficult. Like, Auburn's probably their um, their best win so far at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, but, look, they've taken care of business. Their only losses are at Kentucky and at Arkansas, so that's pretty good. Um, so let's hand them another one on the road. All right, I'm going to ask you again. I asked you a couple, I think about a month or two back, who you had winning March Madness this year. We've had a little bit of time. I don't remember who you said. I said UCLA a few months ago. I don't Dude, remember who you said. We you go, if you remember. I don't, I don't know who I said either, and I don't really, like I haven't been watching. College basketball is a sport that I've pretty much always just watched Mizzou and K-State play. Um, yeah. <laughs> I kind of like Purdue. I like that giant dude that they have. Edie, Zach uh, Edie, yeah. Yeah, I look. I'm. I'm. They're definitely on fraud watch for me. Like, I feel like when Purdue is good, like they gotta be on fraud watch. Yeah. Um, but like, I would love to see them make a run. So I'll take Purdue just because they've got a freaking monster playing for them. I love me some big men. Pause, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pause, indeed. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um. Yeah, man. UCLA, I could just stick with that pick. Um, yeah, I w- you absolutely. I, w- I will just stick with that pick. But if I had to say another team that I think could win it all, I I don't think they get enough credit because of the conference they play in. I know they're ranked. Houston, 
people are going to be dumb and pick against Houston in the tournament because they're going to be like, they didn't play anybody. Houston plays tournament basketball all year round. Uh, Kevin Sampson, their head coach, man, fucking unbelievable product he puts together every year. Yeah, he, he might be he might be doing some extracurricular NIL. He's been known to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's probably right. Um, okay, well that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably uh, enough uh, college basketball. Let's talk. We don't have to do this for very long, but we do have to do it because it's that time of the season. Uh, let's talk some Royals. Um, they have oh, reported to spring training starting on February 24th, which is a week from today. They will be playing. Uh, oh, ooh. Ooh. yeah. The Royals did something interesting. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Okay, go ahead. Uh, signed Franmil Reyes. I saw that. I like it. I like Franmil Reyes. I think that that's the type of guy that is the. I mean, will he work out? It's the Royals, so probably not. Um, but you know, he has a lot of power. I'm. It's interesting his career trajectory. Um, he was once like a building block in Cleveland. Like people looked at him as kind of like this guy who was going to be in that lineup consistently for years to come. Um, he had a, in 2021, he was, he was, a, a he was Jordan run. Alvarez before in, Jordan. In 20, in 2019, he hit 37 home runs. So like, yeah, guy clearly has what it takes last year. Didn't hit well. Um, got DFA'd, but yeah, I'm interested in that signing. I don't know where you plug him. I, I just don't know where in the lineup you find a spot for him, but yeah. I don't know for sure either, but I do know the 2013 Red Sox won a World Series signing players like this, like guys that clearly had a lot of upside that it yeah. just, like, well, I think the Royals. I think that's exactly what the Royals have done. I think, like, a guy like Jordan Lyles, uh, there's upside. He'd give you innings. Yarborough, there, there's innings there. Um, you know, Chapman, obviously, is, you know, past his prime, but they're hoping they can get a little bit of his 2020, 2019-ish self again. Uh It'll be interesting, man. I I don't have expectations for this year at all with the Royals, to be completely honest. I think they're a fifth-place team in the division. I think they are dead last. Um, and I think there's a good shot. They have either the worst or second-worst record in the American League. Uh, they'll probably battle the athletics out for that. But I'm interested. I'm interested to see what it looks like. Dude, I think fully based off the fact that I've gone full, like, fuck the Royals, they're going to do good this year. Like, not good, good, but they're going to have their best year since 2017. They're going to pull you in, and they're going to be like... Since, yeah. Yeah, they're going to make me eat crow, because I've spent the whole past year talking about how much I hate them. Um, and I'm still pretty upset with them. Like, I, outside of hiring Quattrero and... Oh, what's that pitching coach's name? Uh, I don't remember. Whatever it is. Um, everything else I've pretty much hated. So... Uh, I brought back Grinky. They were able to get that done. I like that. The only thing I have to say about that is it's like, so we're just like, that could be another young arm. That's my only thing. Um, but you know what? You got to have some guys that make it worth coming out to the ballpark. Yeah, I mean, well, the you've, Royals... got, you've got three old arms now, really. You got Grinky, Lyles, and Yarborough, and then you got Singer, and then I would assume that fifth spot goes to Lynch right now. Um, I guess that puts Bubich in the pen, and I have no idea what you do with Carlos Hernandez, Jonathan Heasley, and Jackson. You Coward. cut him. He's ass. All three of them? Carlos and Coar are. I don't know about Bubich. Well, I was, I was about Heasley. Oh, Heasley's all right, but we'll see. <laughs> but when, you know, I should give these guys a clean slate because they're not working with Cal Eldred anymore. So that yeah. is a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I, it's going to be an interesting. It, it, 
You know what sucks though is like we are like projected to be dead last, and we have one top hundred prospect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this, I'll say that though. But a lot of guys that would be in the top one hundred, we brought up. Graduated, I get it, but yeah, uh, it's still like holy hell, man. Like, and it's Gavin Cross, <laughs> and he's like sixty. Yeah, yeah. Of course, his last name is Cross, man. <laughs> I swear. Um, I I will say if there's not at the major league level. I am really, and maybe this is wishful thinking, I'm just really hoping Asa Lacey has a turnaround this year. Oh, no, no, no. Take that hope. Go to your nearest trash bin. Put it in there. Pull up some other trash. Put it on top of that trash so you can't see it. And then just smush it down. Because that's not going anywhere. That dude is done. We'll see. Maybe maybe this new staff will get him optimized. He is Kyle Zimmer part two, baby. <laughs> I am also looking forward to, I think his name is Ben Kudra, Ben Kaderna. Ben Kudra, yeah, yeah. He's good. He actually has good stuff. Young as hell. He won't be here for a while, but he's good too. Um, yeah, he's he's that same age as Mazzucato, I think. Yeah, I would say, and I'm looking forward to seeing Mazzucato as well. I think he's got some stuff that could be interesting as well. Um, I, I will, if you have to ask me right now, but let's see what the Royals over-under wins are. Royals over-under wins. Okay. If it would load. We are at... God damn it, this thing. So many ad pop-ups. Um, <laughs> we are at 68 and a half. Dude, I'll take over just based on the amount of shit I've talked on the Royals. Like, that's where I'm at. I'm going under. <laughs> yeah. No, my brain 100% says under. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying... <laughs> What did we win last? In the year? Super Bowl, we in went. the Super Bowl, you know what I said, right? You know when he, Juju caught that like ten yard slant to start a drive, and then he just yeah. started going off the rest of the game. Yeah. Literally, as we snapped that ball, I said, "Let this serve as a reminder: don't pay Juju this off season." And then he just goes off. I'm telling you, I got jinx powers. I got jinx powers. When I hate, it usually doesn't end well for myself. So, Which is good for we'll everybody see. else. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is true. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but no, it's the Royals. Who am I kidding? It, it's John Sherman, man. He's an idiot. Yeah, they're moving downtown. That that's that, that project is well underway. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. I can't wait to spend a billion dollars on a shit-ass baseball team. That's what everyone in Kansas City has just been wanting to do. Ah. Uh. I, I hope uh, I hope John Sherman or somebody in the organization listens to you. I really do. Well, John Sherman absolutely heard me. Whether he listened is another question, but he heard me. And he hasn't hung out with the common folk ever since. <laughs> you should have gone to that uh that one Royals like what was it called? Oh yeah, the little rally. My parents went to it. Um <laughs> they they told the pitching coach like thank God you're not Cal Eldred or something like that. <laughs> He was probably like, who's that? <laughs> they were just like, oh, he's like, something along the lines of like, we're glad you're not the last guy because he sucked. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That was, I, I will say if they do become good again, I'll be so happy. But part of me, a little part of me will miss how much you hate them. Dude, this season was just like a, a comedy of airs. Like it, it just, it it killed all my patience for being a Royals fan. 
You know, you know the you know the play that I think actually killed you. I, I think I can pinpoint an exact play. It was when <laughs> they sent Hunter Dozier around third on that oh, one yeah. game. <laughs> oh yeah, got gunned by like a mile. Didn't even slide. He just got. You sent that, and you're like, you're like, the third base coach isn't even competent. Like his organization. Yeah, dude. I was like, our even our third base coach is a massive idiot. Like it's not just Matheny. It's not just Eldred. I tweeted that the 2022 Jacks or the 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars had a more competent coaching yeah, staff. Yeah. Than I the believe 2022 that. I believe that. I still believe that. Yeah. Yeah, and they had, and you know what the 2021, 2022 ja- Jacksonville Jaguars had Urban in Meyer. training camp. In training camp, they had Tebow, Tebow Tuesdays. <laughs> Tebow Tuesdays that continued after Tebow got cut, and apparently everyone at practice wore Tebow's number on Tebow Tuesdays. Like what the hell? Um, <laughs> that that yeah, would be some Royals ass shit. That would be some like. Well, that, I mean, the Royals, the Royals equivalent of that is their. Um, fucking no jerking off. Yeah, they're anti-porn so, seminars. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what the Royals have. I, um, I wish they would have done that with this group of kids because I think they would have just laughed their ass off at the organization, dude. Or they would have been like, "Oh, this is good advice." I, <laughs> if they would have sat like Bobby down, Melendez, Pasquantino, Prado, like all those kids down and made them watch that, they probably would have just laughed. They'd probably be like, "What the dude. hell?" I know Singer would have just got up and left. Singer would have been like, "What the fuck is this?" Dude, I would have got up and left. My employer has no business talking to me about that. Not yeah, at all. In what like industry in America? Like, shit like that can was they do how that? you knew it was going like it was falling apart. It's like we're wasting our time with that, really. No, and look, the other thing that just got me that got everyone else is when Dayton Moore said like, "Well, I think Matheny and Eldred are doing a fantastic job." Oh my job. god, yeah, that He's he like, got, he literally got fired like a week later for saying that. The, the progress that they've made off the field as men and as, like, followers oh of Christ is is unbelievable. The They're only like, time okay. I want to hear, like, if you're complimenting a coach, but he, he's made them better men, that's something you say about a high school coach. That's something you say about a college coach. Something so, you That's not even something you say about a high school coach. It's what you say about, like, a middle school coach. Yeah, like, you don't like, say that about a professional coach. You'd be like, he makes them better men. These are grown-ass men. Like, they don't need a babysitter. They don't need someone to mature them. These are people in their 30s. They don't need that. They need somebody who is competent, who can put together winning formulas. And and we have not had that. I will say congratulations to Ned Yost, who got put in the Royals Hall of Fame, more than deserving. Um, so yes. Somebody who used to be on this podcast can fucking suck it. Um, that yeah, th- that and his number best. should be retired. Because there's a guy that Agreed. actually knew what the hell he was doing. Agreed. He should his number should be retired. It, it's it's non debatable. He has the most wins in Royals history. It's it's over. Yeah. And yeah, and he won a World Series. Retire that shit. Retire retire Ned Gordon and Perez. That's my mm-hmm. opinion. Retire those three. Those are the guys that get it from the World Series. Yeah. Ah. Uh, and I think that'll happen. I think that will. Should actually. yeah. Um, I was trying to think if there's anybody else that'd get their number retired, but probably not. I mean, the one other guy that I want to make a case for that people just won't hear, it's just because I love him so much, is Wade Davis. Like, I the the Does feeling it of like wear his number though. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, Davis like switched his number around too. I think. Yeah, he wore um, seventy one the second time he came here. Yeah, um, <laughs> he just 
there was something about it when you knew Wade Davis was coming in, and it was like, oh, was here right. we go. I was going to say, just... uh, I was going to say maybe Ventura, but I think at this point that might not happen, but I, I still would have liked it to happen. I feel like, it feels weird yeah, I... seeing somebody wear 30 on the Royals, man, you know? I kind of like the idea of like 30 being like an unwritten, you don't wear that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's like, like I know Perez is still on the team. So I imagine like, if you don't know Ventura, you don't, you don't wear 30. That's um, how I'd view it. Like uh, didn't Duffy wear 30? Yeah. Duffy wore 30, which is like, okay. I yeah. respect that. If you were um, with Ventura and you knew Ventura, it makes sense to be like, none of these new players coming up should wear 30. Like it just feels off. Yeah. It does feel messed up. And that was, that was really like <laughs> the worst the worst day as a Royals fan. That was it, really, I mean, obviously it's a person's life, but when you think of it from a franchise's standpoint, that was the beginning of the end, really. Like, yeah. his his but passing really, you know, made, it really was the downfall of the franchise at that point. They really never recovered from that. And it was just such a big shock, too, because it was like, this is a guy that when he first started pitching for the Royals was a kid. Like, legit a kid. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, that was a very, very, very rough day, man. I did not like that one bit. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this episode up and get ooh, into ooh, the four. Oh. To wrap it up, though, I want to get I want to get your take on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, heading into the NFL draft, yeah. just rapid fire. Number one position you want the Chiefs to improve at? Tackle. That that's what I was gonna say. Defensive tackle. No, I was gonna say right tackle. Oh, right tackle. Oh, okay. I like defensive tackle. Um, I think like first of all, like I I think we'll ex- uh, extend Jones. I think that's just gonna be a thing that you can't avoid. Yeah. Um, and I think Saunders also will like be here, but yeah, getting uh, him a strike partner like that would be pretty getting, nice. Getting him right? someone. Yeah, I think uh, Naughty's gone. Uh, I, Naughty hasn't been doing very well recently, at least according to PFF, which they can be wrong, but. It's hard to judge a defensive lineman and an offensive lineman. Um, Dude, who was it? I don't know if it was somebody on the Chiefs or the Eagles said that like Colin Saunders is like one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. I mean, he had a hustle play that was really important in that game when he chased down Jalen Hurts out of bounds. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the only sack in the whole game, that and was it was for negative one yard. That was important because yeah. we held him to a field goal. Yep. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, he's... He's a really interesting player because, like, he's very small for a defensive tackle. Yeah. He's kind of like, for lack of a better term, like short and fat. Um, but <laughs> he he is quick as hell. Yeah, um, laterally like, he moves. Yeah, he seems like so hard to block. Yeah. Like it's like blocking a blocking a fish out of water. Like yeah. he just flips around. Um, but yeah, I think defensive tackle. I think right tackle is a good shout. Um, I think probably. Wide receiver as well. Wide receiver is important. I think this this wide receiver. Here's the thing, man. It's like every wide receiver class is deep as hell. Um, it feels like the last few years. I don't know if this one's as deep, but if the if the NFL messes up and lets this Jackson Smith, however you say that name, in Jigba, <laughs> I didn't want to mess that up for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> um, if if they let him get to 31, the league is cooked. The league is absolutely cooked. I've seen things about him falling past the first round, and I'm like, please, please get him at 31 if he's there. Um, but yeah. yeah, 
it's going to be interesting. Next year's class is really good. I, I don't know. That might dictate how teams view this year's class. But, like, next year's Marvin Harrison son, who's phenomenal, and they've got a few guys. Um, yeah, next next week I'm going to dive into my my quarterbacks. And I don't really have – I I'm, I have prevented myself from falling in love with the projects this year. I really have. The The one guy I've really had to tone myself down on is Anthony Richardson. I Is who? Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah, I kinda, like that's... that kid, but he reminds me too much of Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be... that is the one thing is it's so hard with these quarterbacks that like have like quote unquote Mahomes like um, traits, yeah. and it's like you want to say that's going to be the next good quarterback so bad, but Zach Wilson. I will is say this real just as a teaser though, real Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are phenomenal. Like I know that's not even a, I know it's not really a hot take, but that you would be really, really dumb to take anybody over those two in this draft. I really believe that. Um, Will you go as far to say that the Bears would be dumb to not just give up on fields for Bryce Young? Ooh. I wouldn't call them dumb, but at the same time, I would understand if they did it. I would understand if they decided to do it. That's Yeah, well, it definitely won't happen. That's Uh, how impressed I am with Bryce Young. I really like Bryce Young. I, I hear the size thing and shit. He extends plays like nobody I saw like in the last few years out of college. He sometimes he plays like backyard football because his offensive line's so good that he can just run around and you know kind of create something. But I really like him and I like Stroud a lot. And then we'll get into next week's gonna be fun because I'm gonna get into Richardson and Levis and boy, those two are polarizing figures. You go around the NFL world right now. You go around YouTube and. You go you just listen to like NFL scouts and shit. They are torn on those two, especially Will Levis. I've not seen a quarterback come out of college that is more debated than Will Levis. Dude, when I saw Will Levis play against Mizzou, I had no idea that he was an NFL prospect, and I thought he was like a certified bum. Um, I, you so. know, I went into watching his film, and I, I feel like I'm already spoiling next week's episode, but I'm gonna blabber all next week anyway. Um, yeah. I, I went into Will Loves' film thinking, like, this guy's ass. Because I've only seen him play Missouri. He's he's baffling. I'll say that. He has moments where you're like, holy shit. And then he has moments where it's like, yeah, I wouldn't touch that dude with a 30-foot pole. Like, I, I don't want anything to do with that. But he's got... I'll tell you what's going to get him drafted in the first round is just his build. 6'4", big guy, big arm. He, scouts love that shit, man. So we'll see. There's also a kid out of Stanford I like, but we'll we'll save that for later. Um, all right, all right. Well, good little good little preview right there. Yeah, we'll get into uh, D Ford of the week. Yep. Um. So Jackson, your pre D Ford mm-hmm. was Carl Cheffers, who I I must apologize to. <laughs> yeah, because I think Carl Cheffers actually did a pretty good job all for the first considered. time. He really did. I really felt like yeah, Carl no Chef kidding. Officiated us fairly. Sorry, just had a sneezing attack. Oh. Okay. All right, we're back. Um, my D four of the week. Um, are the people there? Oh, my D four of the week will just be media. Okay, because I still haven't seen the full uncensored version of Travis Kelsey's speech at the Super Bowl rally, and I'm mad about it. Um. Because it was pretty pretty amazing from the parts that I did here, and there's just a section that like it cuts off on every time, and I want to know what he said, um, and I still don't. 
So if anybody knows where there's like a video of that, let me know because I'm looking for it. Yeah, my deep four of the week is just going to be the people that are complaining about the holding call. The corner <laughs> literally said it. He literally said he held. There's a clear picture of it. And I hear the the dumbest fucking argument is, well, you don't call that there. You can call that in the first quarter, but you don't call it there. Really? Really? Because it's not egregious? Well, D. Ford wasn't egregiously offsides. Do we not call that because of the situation? No, they fucking had no problem calling that. Uh, and I, I don't want to hear the fucking egregious shit. People get mad when you don't call it. People get mad when you do call it. You go back to the Saints and Rams one. That one was egregious. They didn't call that shit. They let them play there. You know, yeah. you can't have it both ways. Where it's like, well, that what, what constitutes... It can't be a penalty in the first quarter and not be a penalty in the final two minutes. It just can't be. That's not how it works. Like, well, the first 58 minutes, they weren't calling the game that way. Nobody was grabbing Juju the way that he got grabbed in that situation. And I will say this. The reason I believe Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time is because he just thinks the shit that nobody else ever did. Bill Belichick, if he was playing a team in the Super Bowl that wore white, would have his defensive backs wear white gloves because it was harder to see them grab. That might have been one of those instances. I'm not saying it would have been, but it might have been one of those instances. If James Bradbury was wearing a different color gloves, maybe it's not as easy to see the tug. You never know. But people are like, well, it wasn't a catchable pass. Yeah, because he fucking held him. Like, if he doesn't hold him, Juju can get to that ball. It's just oh, yeah. an, and, an annoying as hell. You know if it was the other way around, nobody would be complaining. If it was the Chiefs and, that got called for that, nobody in the NFL media would give a shit. They would be like, yeah, that's the right call. If they did that to, like, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, they'd be like, yep, that's pass interference. That's holding. But because it's us, we're, we're the – and I love this. We're the new New England. We are the new New England. They they hate yep. our ass. They, everyone hates us. It's great. It's great. It, it's um, fantastic. Yeah, and I completely agree. Like, if it was a call in the first quarter, it's a call in the fourth quarter. Like, simple as that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, yeah. we had a third down where they held Juju even harder, and they missed that one. Um, so, yeah. I And then the, the whole non-catchable thing, it's like, I don't think you know the rule of holding. I, it doesn't matter if the ball's catchable or not. If you hold, it is a hold. Um, so, yeah. I, I have no sympathy for the people that are bitching about that. Uh, you got beat. And you grabbed a guy's jersey, and now you have to pay for it. He so, yep. literally said that he held him. I thought yep. that would just shut it up, but no, everyone. Nope, like, nope. You can't ruin people a didn't great game. You can't ruin a great game with a call like that. What do you mean a call like that? And then people first, and you know people are wrong because they started with that's not a hold, and then they show a clear cut of it on like the NFL films of him grabbing the jersey. They go, well, it's a hold, but you don't call it in that situation. The, the narrative keeps flipping. It's funny. It's it's like the whole Chiefs season, the narrative kept flipping. Oh, the Chiefs are fucked without Tyreek. Mahomes won't have shit to do without his weapons. And then we do really well. Well, look at all the guys Mahomes has. He has Kelsey. He has Juju. He has MVS. He has all these guys. The narrative flips. People are like, oh, the Chiefs won't win the division again. They're, they're not good enough. They're, they No way they make the Super Bowl. Now when we make it, we're like, nobody thought we would. They're like, nobody said that shit. Nobody said you guys would. You know, it's bullshit. It's, I'm sick of it. And... I don't feel sympathy for Patriots fans, but I'm starting to feel a little bit of sympathy for how that they had to fucking live through because this is annoying as hell. People acting like the Chiefs were never doubted and that the Chiefs were just this favorite all year long. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
I, I, I agree. I agree. I completely agree. Uh, but that will wrap it up. Chiefs, Super Bowl champions. For the second time since this podcast's birth. Um, and also, uh, we will be going back to St. Joe this summer, John. We will be. Yes, we will be. We will be heading back. Um, and we will be watching training camp in the swamp-ass heat. But we will be doing oh it. Oh, my God. And let's hope I'm not as hungover as I was the last time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that was not a fun morning to wake up. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, but uh, dude, I almost I almost said like, who cares about training camp? <laughs> yeah, but, but we can't do that. We can't do that because clearly we are the antidote that runs the Chiefs. Uh, we go to training camp and they win the Super Bowl. That's just the formula right now. Why uh, does Kansas City have to be so freaking hot? Yeah, like, bro. it's it hotter like, here than anywhere. It feels like I've been to like Green Bay's training camp, man. It's nice. It's like seventy. It's nice. It's like 70 at 6 a.m. in Kansas City. And then by the time yeah. you get to St. Joe and it's 9 a.m., it's like 85. You're like, okay. You start, you open the door and you feel sweat start dripping down oh your arm. You're I like, oh even, my God. Yeah, this is great. Think, I don't even want to think about that weather right now. People hate the cold. Nah, bro. I hate the heat. The cold is fine. I'll, I'll, I'll live through the cold. The heat, that's yep. where it's the worst. But, uh, We'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. Appreciate everybody listening, not only to today's episode, but throughout the season. We actually had a good amount of listeners this year. We had more listeners this year than we had had any year prior to this year, so we appreciate the growth. Um, When you look up Kansas City Sports on Apple Podcasts, we are the fifth podcast to come up now, so that's pretty surreal. Um, Yeah, very, very happy with the way the season went. Uh, John, any last Mark, before we sign off, um, if you th- if you thought the Chiefs were gonna win the AFC West this year, give me an. Uh...